Rhodium Radio. No sad podcast. Rhodium Radio. No sad podcast. In the shitty city of Wilmington, we keep it rocking. So come on, shake, shake it for me, Kelly. Yeah. Dr. Dre is in full effect, and I gotta tell y'all a little something. Easy E is down with us. MC Ring, you know he's down with us. DJ Yella is down with us. Arabian Prince, you know he's down with us. Tony A. The Wizard is down with us. JJ Fag is down with us. Timmy T, you know he's down with us. DJ Pooh Boy is down with us. Toddy P and Spade, they're down with us. My boy Ice Cube, you know he's down with us. I like to mention, so pay attention to where I'm from. Compton, but the tapes are from the rodeum. My name is Dre, listen while I play. And by the way, I'm also down with NWA. Yo, Steve at the rodeum is down with us. Slanging funky tapes, it is a must. We're number one. Welcome back, everybody. This is Rhodium Radio, and I'm your host, Tony A. The Wizard, episode 35. Uh, before I introduce my guest, uh, once again, I want to thank everybody that has submitted their videos to rhodiumradio at gmail.com. Those of you that have seen the documentary, I ask for you guys to send in 20 to 30 second video of what you guys thought, your opinion about the documentary. Uh, once again, uh, I want to thank everybody for ordering the CDs. Uh, I have just a few left of the four pack, but you could also buy these three individuals, which is High C, 24 7, 80, 86 in the mix. Reason why I offer them as threes is because I'm running out of 88 booming bass. So I think I have maybe like 10 more four packs. So if you want to get that, go ahead and get that at documixery.com and you can also watch the documentary there unlimited streaming uh once again we're we are on all platforms and uh as a matter of fact if you don't find us on all platforms let us know and we make sure to put it on every platform out there and uh, uh my other announcement was um we just booked some more artists we're we're starting to work on our may schedule we got a lot a lot of great artists a lot of people have been requesting i'm just waiting now on some of the artists to actually give us their dates and uh, we'll book them. Once again, uh, Rodin Radio episode 35. Without further ado, please allow me to introduce my next guest all the way from Santa Maria, the 805, none other than DJ Dominator. Thank you, my brother. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me, Omi. You know what? I'm gonna start this off a little bit different, okay? Just a little bit different. Um, did you watch the fight last night? No. I missed it. Really? I missed it. Okay. I was prepping for the interview. <laughs> good, <laughs> good, good. I got some good questions for you. The fight was actually good. I really, really enjoyed it. I think boxing is pretty much bullshit now, but this one actually kind of lived up to the hype. So I was really happy for it because I'm more of a Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, Julio Cesar Chavez type of fan, you know, when it yeah. comes to boxing. Yeah, I like classic boxing. Yes, yes. Yeah. Now, uh, quick question. What's a good movie you've seen lately? A good movie that I've seen. I like. I watch a lot of classic movies. Okay, like. But it, you mean a newer movie? A new movie. Well, I was telling you. Uh, let me think. Other. Than, I like that the. The one with the the Goodfellow dudes. What the, what's that new? Oh, one? the Irishman. The Irishman. Okay. 
Okay. I, I like that movie. It's a little bit long for my taste, but... I like long movies. I think um, they could have condensed it just a little bit, but I thought that was yeah. a dope flick. That one, I fell asleep like three times, woke up, and it was still on. But I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Joe, it. Joe Pesci. Yes. I yes. think he killed it. Did you watch The Joker? He killed it. No, not yet. Okay. Don't believe the hype. People gave it a 10. I gave it a 5. I thought just thought it was kind of cool. You know, a lot of people thought it was amazing. But uh, other than that, now, on the way... I'll watch it on Cody then. Yes. Fire stick, <laughs> homie. Uh, on the way over here, what were you bumping? Were you bumping any kind of music? Uh, we were bumping a bunch of deep funk. Actually, I was bumping my boy DJ Wicked's mixes. Okay. He and he does some deep deep funk mixes. Okay, I need to get my hold of, uh, a hold of those because I like that kind of music as well. Too, yeah, so. like deep deep funk. You know what I mean? I mean, I like mainstream the mainstream funk, but some of that deep shit. It's you know, it's just it's kind of like hearing new shit right. back then when you heard it. Right. Okay. I like, I like a lot of deep funk. Now, I know you're from Santa Maria. So is that pretty much where you were raised at? Actually, I'm from Nipomo. From where again? Nipomo. Nipomo. Okay. And uh, I moved out to Santa Maria a little bit later. I live in Santa Maria now, but I'm from Nipomo. Right, and how long did you live there? In Nipomo? Yeah. Uh, we moved to Nipomo in 85. Okay. Yeah. 85. I remember because Lisa Lisa was on the radio at that time. <laughs> and, and where were you born at, man? What city? I was born in Santa Maria. Santa Maria, then you moved to? I was born in Santa Maria, and we moved to a place called, uh, uh, at the time it was called Grover Grover City, now it's called Grover Beach. Okay. By Pismo. Okay. About, about, by the Pismo area, and then from there, in eight, around 85, that's when we moved to Napomo, and then I was born, pretty much raised in that area. In that area. Yeah. Okay, uh, uh, back in the day, growing up as a teenager, what was it like during that time, man? What, what could you do out there for fun? Well, around that time when we moved there, I remember I'd walk outside and a lot of kids had uh, cut up cardboard outside on their driveways and they were spinning on their backs and they had a uh, stereo systems out, you know, bumping stereos, pop locking, doing. For me, that was, that's what I like. I didn't play football. I didn't play any sports until a little bit later when I got older. I like to play handball. That's about it, Doug. I didn't play any sports. I didn't do anything, but but I sure did like breakdancing. I mean, that was that was part of my introduction to, you know, that movement. Right, right. Wow, that's dope, man. That's dope. I mean, I think breaking for me came in when I was like around. I'm a little bit older than you, so I was like around seventh grade when I first saw it spread like wildfire. You know, right. And of course, during that time, nobody was really uh, breakdancing to. Hip hop, because hip hop was still fairly new. It was almost like Les Chic, Good Times, Yellow Magic Orchestra, Computer Games, or you know, Cameo or whatnot. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but it was it was Nucleus, Jamonet, um, Clear, more the electro funk stuff. Electro funk, and they were they were getting down to that shit. That's dope. Now, yeah. what about you? Did you ever break dance? Uh, I thought I could. <laughs> I like I like I like to mess around with pop locking. I, I I'm I was never really that great at it, but I like to break that pop lock in the mirror okay okay now for those that are fans of yours because believe me a lot of people before we actually even booked this a lot of people were, were requesting uh they would start off get somebody from the 805 get somebody from the 805 uh but you were the uh, the number one guy they were always requesting did you dominator did you dominator on whether it was facebook whether it was instagram or whether it was youtube did you dominator did you dominator okay cool don't worry i'm gonna get him but of course you know, at that time I was only doing Wednesdays. 
Right. And then I added the Sundays. Yeah, I like, I like Sundays. Yeah, me too. Me too. But I'm sure um, most of your guests like Sundays. You know what? A lot of people that live close, they don't mind Wednesdays because they pretty much, so I'm used to the traffic. So yeah, it's a mission. Yeah. For me, it was a mission to get down here about, I mean, not that bad, three hours. Right. Uh, I remember, um, uh, Night Owl from San Diego, much love and respect. That was a dope interview. Yeah. He, he, he was one like, dude, you got to get Dominator. Uh, um, Magic Girl was another one. You got to get Dominator. Uh, he's dope. He's like family, etc. Shadow. Um, there was just so many people. Those are all my people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that were just constantly, you need to get Dominator. You, you like, you were really, really highly requested. And I know why, you know, I mean, you're a talented dude and, but more, most people were saying he needs to get a shine. It's about time that somebody interviews him. It's about time that we know more about him. And that's why I like doing these because I want people to get to know you more as a person than just as an artist, you know? So I haven't done an interview in over 10 years. It's been really? over 10 years since I've done it. I, I stay locked up in the studio working all, I mean, I'm, I'm a workaholic when it comes to music. So I don't get out very much to do interviews. So it's, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be out here so, talking. So, you know? now, now let me ask you this. Why do you think, or why is it that you don't give yourself two more interviews? It's just, you just don't like it. I mean, um, you know what? I don't mind them actually. I just, I'm such a workaholic that I stay stuck in the creative, creative mode all um, the time. I, Right now, my brain's creating. I can't, I can't stop it. I can't stop that from happening. So I'd rather be in the studio. Yeah, I'd rather be in the studio. Okay. Working. But I still like the interviews. Right. I, I had to, I have to push myself for things like that, you know, cause right. I've been given a lot of opportunities I haven't taken. Okay. And that's part of the reason why I'm not in the shine the way I should be or should have been. Mm -hmm. Um, when you're in the studio, you take little breaks. What do you do? You ever turn on the PlayStation or the Xbox or anything like that? Well, you know what? I'm notorious for breaks. I love breaks, dog, because when I come back from a break, something comes to me always. Something during that break will inspire me to finish whatever the hell it is I'm finishing. And, and, uh, sometimes I'll watch, I'll watch, uh, flicks. Sometimes I'll cook. I like cooking a lot. Um, bullshit with my homies <laughs> get on instagram I, I i like doing something other than music i cut completely cut music off so that when i come back to it, it's fresh and i'll kill it okay. whatever the hell it is i'll kill it but i like taking breaks lots of breaks and you like cooking oh, i love cooking dog people mm. that watch my instagram they they know that i like cooking because i i'm notorious for uh for cooking and talking shit that'll work and people like that shit dog yeah. like i'll be cooking up some eggs and talking shit in the morning and, and it's bef before I used to just cook and not say nothing. And I get a lot of, a lot of people responding. And then one day I, I just started telling stories while I, while I was cooking and, um, people fucking love that shit, dog. Like you should see the, the, the inbox hops up like all oh, crazy. People are all over that shit. They mm. like you to tell stories, talk shit and cook at the same time. It's entertaining to them. Wow, you know, you may even be able to start your own fucking podcast. Dog, doing every shit. day someone tells me, you need a cooking channel. You need a cooking channel. You need a cooking channel. I'm like, I would like to do a cooking the funky channel. Kitchen. The funky kitchen. I would like to do a cooking channel, but the, the, the issue that I have with that is on Instagram, you just hit the button and you're done. Right. Having a cooking channel, you have to edit and do all this shit when you're finished. It's, it's another job, dog. And now you got to think about it. If someone's going to watch you cooking, how many times are they going to come back to watch it? 
They're not. They're going to watch it one fucking time and that's it. They're right. out. Right. You know what I used to do? And I used to get a lot of response, but I stopped. Every morning, I used to go to eat breakfast. I, I like to eat breakfast, especially by myself, okay? And here's what I used to do. I used to go on my story on Instagram, and I was like, okay, and now I'm going to introduce you to my food. These are my huevos estrellados. These are my frijoles. This is me sopa, you know, whatever. And people used to like, oh, man, I used to like that shit. But I didn't think nobody was paying attention. After you made it or at spots? No, I, at spots or whatever. And then I used to promote the spot by tagging it. Yeah, yeah. But let me tell you why I stopped. Because one day I, uh, I was, I was having some crepes in the morning. Okay. Crepes. And I posted it where I was at. So what I did, I was over here on my phone. I was letting my food, my food kind of somewhat cool off, drinking my coffee. And one guy that, uh, where I tagged the place, he lived close by and he showed up and he was like, hi, Tony. A. Oh, shit. And I was like, you had yourself a stalker, dog. Yeah, dude. And I was like, what the fuck? And he was like, I saw that you tagged and I wanted to know if I can come and sit down with you and talk to you. And I was like, nah, homie. So I don't do that no more. <laughs> so I don't do that no more. You know, not, wait, not, what, what if it would have been a heiner? Would no, it have been same, good? Same thing. Same, said, uh, what not, if she would have been a fine heiner? No, you know, same no? thing. Same thing. And, <laughs> and, and, I got to ask, dog. But I, all good, I brother. But I'm going to tell you why. Because there's some things that I just like doing alone, you know? There's some things that I, like I feel. That. I feel you on that. So, yeah. uh, but now, uh, growing up in your home with your mother and your father, what type of music were they playing at home? They were playing reasons. They were playing Earth, Wind, and Fire, Doug. A lot of Earth, Wind, and Fire. A lot of uh, a lot of old school. My dad listened to uh, he listened to mixed stuff like heavy heavy rock. Like he liked Hendrix, Zeppelin, Joplin. You know stuff like that doors the doors so i have a, a heavy love for shit like that too i have mm. a heavy love for that my mom would play uh oldies motown current shit that was current at the time you know war um just gq you know stuff like that all the now gr growing up listening to that type of music did you have any favorite songs that you liked like me gusta esa canción can you play that one again um was there ever anything there like was that? one by earth wind and fire i don't remember what it's called i don't remember what it's called um i think it was an instrumental one of their jazz instrumental tracks okay. and I, I used to sing to it i think it was a uh, what was the sun something it went ba -ba -beo, beo. i don't know what the fuck they were saying right but i used to sing that shit when i was in the back seat i used to sing it oh and oh. i would play it all the time and what else did it I think I, I would make them play uh, Richie Valens. I liked Richie Valens when they would play Richie Valens. The A track. Yeah, the A track. They had they had shit on A track. You know, you know, you know I, I don't even fucking remember. That that one you couldn't rewind it, huh? You had to no. wait till it was yeah. all the way through. And there then was four would... tracks. The first track would the first track would play about what, like five minutes, maybe to about twelve, fifteen minutes. And then you could fast forward it. Right, that was it. You uh, could fast forward, but you couldn't rewind it. So if you wanted to hear that again, you'd have to fast forward all the way through, wait for it to come back again. Now, uh, a musical question. Uh, you mentioned like Joplin, Doors, you know, um, Led Zeppelin, Hendrix. Uh, Hendrix. You ever think about doing anything with with that type of sound? I have music with that type of sound. I just haven't released it because I don't feel like the public's ready for me to do that yet. Right. And, and well, not only that, you know what, Tony, I have so many projects at the same time. I have my hand in all kinds of different shit at the same time. But it was important for me to finish that funk album. Very important. Because I've been working on that shit for like 10 years. Really? So I kind of, 
I still dabble in all my other projects and all my people that I'm working with, but but I had to kill that fucking project off because it was something that I had to finish. I had to get that. I had to finish that up. But as far as your your question goes, yeah, I have I have some some rock shit, some stuff that I have all kinds of shit. Okay. But that's one of the projects that I do have, and it's not like a whole album. It's just like three or four songs. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, towards the end, I'm going to ask you more about what type of equipment do you use? Because, uh, there's a lot of people out there that like to talk equipment, you know, yeah. like me. I love that type of shit. Yeah. But now, um, who would you say? I'll give you mine and then I'll let you answer. Okay. Who would you say that when you first heard either this artist or this band as a youngster, whether you're 10 or you're 12 or 13 years old, somewhere around there, who would you say like that? fucking dude or that band caught my ear and you just couldn't let it go i'll give an example when i first heard of prince that's my answer okay same here yeah i don't know what it was but it was just the music his style of singing uh his style everything about that dude just kind of like i couldn't put that, those records down man the way i felt when i heard prince i didn't look at him as a genius i looked at him like this shit's dope. Like I would like, I liked singing to it. So anything that I can sing to right away uh, would catch catch my ear. When I when I heard Prince, I think one of my favorite songs from Prince was "Cab Driver." Okay, that's like one of my favorite. I fell in love with that song like more than the mainstream shit. Hmm. I like the mainstream shit, but "Cab Driver" was funky. "Lady Cab Drivers" is like some funky ass shit. That guitar yeah. riff. Yeah, it's. But when I heard that, that set it off for me. I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, mine was obviously head. Okay. That's the shit too. Yeah. But I didn't hear that late till later. Okay. I didn't hear that. I mean, you, my parents weren't going to play that shit. Right. Me, so. Mine was head and he actually had a song on there. Uh, no, they might have been on the second album. Uh, his first album, I think it was self-titled Prince. And then I want to be your lover. And then the, the head and then eventually controversy. But more from head up. That's where like controversy that, that album that break beat in head the break part yeah <laughs> that all this shit it, it, nobody's ever sampled it or did it right I have okay <laughs> just the break beat I sampled the break beat that's dope man uh, uh, but but you know what uh, he was one of those artists that from there and of course not in order next would be and then uh, you could probably answer it as well too mine would be a uh, like Gap Band uh, cameo. Uh, the bar case Stevie like Wonder that. for me was Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder, yeah, okay. Was yeah. there any specific song that? Uh, there's so, oh, just a body of there's work. There's his body of work because there's I have too many favorites from Stevie. He's the okay. shit. He's okay. a, he's just a genius. I like I like people like that are musical and they can play all their instruments. And those are two dudes that can. Okay, now I know you also play Talkbox. Okay, and I know yeah. I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but since we're on that subject of as far as old school music. Who, who was the first guy that you, cause I know Stevie played it. Who was the first guy you ever heard play Talkbox? Frampton. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I heard him. I was like, what is that? Is that a robot? What the mm -hmm. fuck is that? Yeah. You know what I that mean? That shit was dope. Man. I heard that shit. And then years later, I heard, I heard Roger, Rod, but Roger took it to another level. Like his shit was Roger's a shit. Mm -hmm. Roger, Roger was a shit. But Frampton was the first dude that I heard do it with, with uh guitar. My dad had the A track. Frampton comes alive. Right, that dope as album. Yeah. Uh, now, growing up, did you at all play any type of instruments? Um, I want to say in '85, '84, my dad bought me a Casio, 
a little Casio keyboard. Uh -huh. And about how old were you? Would you say? Because I was at that time, I was like you know, 16 I was or 10. 17. I was 10, 10 years old. Okay. I started dabbling and playing keys, just dabbling. I wasn't, I wasn't no genius uh -huh. at it, but I liked fucking with it. Did did did, did, uh, did you have the patience to sit there and try to learn it? Because yeah, I I didn't have that. No, I had the patience to learn. I had the patience. I I, I liked it. I okay. liked it a lot. Yeah. And and uh, would you say rapping or singing came first? Like like for you, as far as like, did you? Over here, start rapping too, or you just rapping came. Rapping came to me later. Okay, way later, way later. Okay, I started rapping later, and uh, and then uh, singing came to me. Are we gonna get into this right now? <laughs> or you want to say <laughs> no, that? No, no, no. We're gonna say that to the next one, yeah. but because I I could keep talking on that. Oh, okay, no, okay. Yeah. That we'll, we'll start off with that on the next one. Now, let's lead in. Let's lead up to it. Uh, what were your first hip hop songs that you can remember? that caught your ear were like you know you said what the fuck is this of course planet rock planet rock planet rock i heard wow. that for the first time and i was blown away i was like what the fuck is this yeah it was like on some other shit huh i i i, I couldn't i couldn't stop playing it dog i remember i got myself i heard i heard it in the first time i heard it, i heard it in a mix i don't know i don't it was one of those uh la mixes that the, that they would put out you know, remember those little white tapes that yeah. had the I don't remember what mix it was, but I heard in a mix just a little piece of it, and I remember hearing it. And then one day I heard the whole song, and um, I remember I, I got a copy of it, and I couldn't stop playing it. I had this big ass ghetto blaster, and I would play out in the front yard, and and um, and I would play it over and over again, like rewind it, play it, rewind it, play it, rewind it, play it. And uh, I remember when the neighbors comes outside, he goes, "Hey, homie, can you find a new jam to play, dog?" And I'll. <laughs> I didn't find it. I kept playing that shit, but I remember, I remember I, I, I didn't think I was getting on anyone's nerves with it, but I was obsessed with that fucking song, dog, yeah. from beginning to the end. And then the little break beat at the end. Yeah. You know what of I'm course, talking about? Of course. That shit, dog. I, I, I would re rewind it and just play that little part over and over again. Yeah. I was obsessed with Planet Rock. Now, did you feel the same way about play at your own risk? Uh, I hadn't heard that till a little later. Song, man. I like I I I I dig that jam. I do dig it. But Planet Rock was my shit. Was your uh, shit? Yeah, Don't yeah. And then and then Nucleus after that jam on it. Now now at this time when you're listening to these songs, you're in Santa Maria at this time, correct? Yeah. No, I'm in Napomo. Okay. What record that's, store that's did you did you guys up. have out there? Uh, we had. Uh, did you guys have like the Warehouse Music Plus? Like, would you got? We you had this spot called uh, Paradise Records. Okay. And uh, what was cool about it? And I don't know if any other places did it. The dude would rent records out, mm. where like just like videotapes, he would rent records out. You could pay for it, and then bring it back and have it for a long ass time, not just three or four days. You could have it for a long time. You put a deposit down and you bring it back. They give you half of your deposit back. Wow, wow. Paradise Records. That was our little local shop. I lived in Napomo. Santa Maria was about fifteen minutes away, so we I, I made I told my mom to take me to that spot because I wanted to go get some new shit, go mm. record, take that because we would take it home and of course transfer it to cassette, right? right. Having and then be able to play it. So we would rent records, and it's weird. I've never heard of any other music stores that did that that rented out records like that. You know what? I recently recently only heard of a place called out here in Hollywood, and I didn't know that this existed. He's a, uh, uh, I think his name's Kevin, Kevin Dunnan. He's half black, half Japanese. 
and uh, he looks Japanese, but he sounds just like he's a black Blackanese. Blackanese, okay. And he owns a record store called As the Record Turns, and most people that are listening know about it. And I'm going to tell you who rented his records. People like Dr. Dre, people like Krista Glove Taylor, people like Warren G, people like uh, uh, Everlast. They would go in there and rent records so they can go sample them. But what he would do, according to him, he would deal uh, with them on a whole different other level. Like, it wouldn't be a couple of dollars. It will be a couple of thousands. Oh, shit. And I asked Oh, those him, were like break, the, like break beat records? Yeah. Like and records I asked with him, all the breaks? Yes. And I asked him, why so much? And he said, because I'm not going to get people platinum records for my record store. To make hits. To make hits. And I only get $5, you know, $10 or whatever. <laughs> and But, you know, like he, he told me, and I'm, I'm trying to get him here. Because he has a lot of history. I'm talking about this guy knew like James Brown, Rick James, and Damn. you know everybody. Well, it was probably his records out. They were he was renting to right. people exactly. <laughs> and he told me, "Go that California Love song, which is the original, if I'm correct, John Cocker, uh, yeah. the original sample." He goes, "I gave that to Dre. Dre told me, you know, uh, I need something that's on the hit. I need something I need to remake. I need something." He goes, "Do this." So he goes, "I gave that to Dre." He, and he showed me pictures of him in the studio with Dre and Snoop when they were first creating that stuff like that. That's but, dope. Yeah, it's dope. But no, that's what. What was the name of that? that As the record turns. That's a dope name yeah. for a shop. Yeah, you, you can go, but his yeah. records aren't cheap. Uh, he's the only guy that I ever knew that had the vinyl on Scarface the movie with Al Pacino. He had the vinyl, but he wanted to give me for eighty bucks. Oh, and I, shit. I thought twice. And I'm like, fuck! I'm just gonna put it in my showcase. I'm not gonna fucking play yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So, but anyways, you so should rent it from him. <laughs> thousand dollars <laughs> scan then scan the fucker <laughs> now uh um planet rock after that who would you say if you had any early inspirations on hip-hop uh um who who would you say you used to listen to as as a young youngster growing up um as far as rap was concerned of course like for me i liked utfo i like i loved houdini houdini was dope. yeah houdini i i couldn't stop playing houdini okay um those, those, that's like the meat of it for me. I liked LL Cool J a little bit later. Okay. That was a little bit later, but, but yeah, I want to say UTFO, Nucleus, you know, all the shit that the mix masters were mixing at that time. Mm -hmm. Now, now, uh, out during, uh, in your area, was there a lot of clubs, uh, um, at that time that either you would attend or you would go? House parties, uh, did, you, did you have a strict parents where they wouldn't let you go out? At that time, when that music was out, I was only 10. Okay, you were only 10. I was only 10 years Around old, what 10, age 11. would you say you started going out? Uh, I want to say around 13 years old because I was already spinning at that time. Oh, okay. okay. So I was already out. Okay. I was out. I had my club scene early, way hmm. early as a, as a young kid. I... I did all the backyard parties. I did clubs. They let me in the clubs to to spin. At thirteen, fourteen, I was already doing that. So. Okay. Now, uh, um, we still have a little bit of time, but I wanted to ask you that when you started DJing, as far as DJs, I asked you about music. As far as funk, I asked you about hip hop. Now, as far as DJing is concerned, who would you say you saw that inspired you to say, "I want to DJ"? Ah, <sighs> there was this dude uh that goes by ecstasy from my hometown napomo and uh the first time i seen someone spin in front of me was him was him okay yeah his name is andy and uh he he was from napomo and he spun i seen him the first time 
spinning the record forward and back. And I was like, that's just like Rocket. Right. That's right. like Rocket. That's like, you know, and I didn't know his name was Chris. I didn't know, you know, who the original, who, what the dude's name was. But I remember seeing the Rocket video and then seeing this dude doing the same shit. And I was like, right. how's he able to do it? Like, what the hell is he doing? You know? Right. And I, I got obsessed with scratching and I wanted to learn to scratch at yeah. that, at that point. And I was about 10, 11 around 10 or 11 so i started fucking up my records at home yeah of course we at all 10 did or 11. we all did that and and when you i guess got your first equipment did you get them all at once because i remember i got my turntable one turntable one mixer and then eventually my second turntable did you get everything all at once well when i started learning to scratch i i, I had one of those little record players that you could open up the cover okay and just put the needle down. So I started learning to scratch on there, like just moving the record back and forth and trying to figure out what the fuck they were doing. Right. And um, after that, when I, maybe about when I was maybe around 11, 12, around 11 or 12, I, um, you know, the, you know, the big consoles yeah. that they have with the record players in them. Yes. I got, I took a couple of those out that were like the same exact turntables and, and me and my cousin built like a, um, a coffin. Okay. And my cousin Angel, we built a coffin and, and, uh, I put those two and then, and then my dad brought me home a mixer from the swap meet. He found a mixer for me. And, uh, I don't remember what kind of mixer it was, but, uh, brand new or used. It was a used one from the swap meet. The one with the, where you put the, I think it was a realistic where you put the little, the nine volt in it. Okay. You put yeah. the little nine volt in it. And, um, I, I started, that was my first equipment. I didn't know what a slip cover was. So I used felt, I glued felt to the turntables. So I had me a blue coffin felt turntables and that was, those that were my, was it. yeah, that was it. That was my first setup. My second setup, I saved up in a, uh, one of the dudes that from that paradise, from that store I was telling you about earlier, he had 1500s that he sold me. Hmm. Have you ever seen the 1500s? No, no. They're like 1200s, but they're digital. You hit a button, it goes right directly back to zero. I think I, now that I, think and then if you hold, you can either tap it to make it the speed go faster or slower. Or hold it down, it'll go fast to that mm. area. So I had fifteen hundreds was my second pair. Okay. Now, 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 here's somewhat of a goofy question, but I think people would appreciate it. Did you learn how to blend first or scratch? Scratch. First? Scratch. Scratch. Mine was scratch first too. Yeah. I Blending learned. to me came easy. It, it, it did. Did 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 yours come easy? Um, no. They were both challenges for me. Really? Both of them were challenges. Scratching, I I think I picked it up. Pretty fast. I didn't think I was that good, but I, I picked it up like I knew like chew wit chew wit chew chew chew. That was you know, my first. That was my first scratch know. with no fader. Right. No. Well, no mine fader. was a round fader, and then blending actually came faster because I knew Planet Rock was just a fast song, you know. And then if you had a song like Go See the Doctor by Kumo D, you knew it wasn't gonna work. It wasn't yeah. gonna work. So you were fine. Like make the music with your mouth, biz. Go see the doctor. Maybe that would work. You know. You know what? For me, to learning to blend, I had it. Remember, I told you I got that Casio that my dad had given me. Right. I would play, let the beat play, and and try to match the speed up with it, and then blend the record with that before I try to blend songs with other songs. I was blending to whatever the drum beats right. were on that Casio. Right. And then one thing that is never taught to us unless we figure it out: when to blend during the break. Right. You know, on the one. Yeah. Yes. On the All right, one brother, during listen, the break. On the one, we're gonna go ahead and press pause. And we're going to come back on the two. So uh, we're going to take a 10-minute break. 
we're gonna come right back uh finish up this dope dope conversation that i'm having with dj dominator all the way from the 805 once again this is rodeo radio episode 35 uh call somebody text somebody pay somebody slap the shit out of somebody and let them know <laughs> that 805 is in the building dj dominator fuck we'll that dude up whoever you're calling fuck him up fuck his ass up Yo, once again, everybody, welcome back to Rodeo Radio, episode 35, and we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, I appreciate everybody leaving all the good and uh, negative comments. Uh, you're still logged in. and We want it all. We want it all. So, uh, once again, DJ Dominator, 805 in the building. As a matter yeah. of fact, let me go ahead and say much love and respect to the 805. Uh, so now we were talking about you DJing, you had your turntables, you had your mixer, and now you're pretty much venturing out and doing weddings, quinceañeras, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, what was, or did you have a DJ name or was it just the name of the mobile system that you had? I like, what was your, your DJ name? You know what, name? for the longest time I went by DJ Art. Okay. DJ Art, because that's my, my, my name, Arturo is okay. my real name. And, uh, I went by DJ Art for the longest time and then, uh. One one time I I, I I would make these little mixes and send them into this radio station, but uh, and my homie Frank Ramirez was running this the he ran a a college station called ninety one point nine KCSB, and his name was DDZ, and I would send these mixes to him and he'd be oh these are nice little mixes dude how old are you you know and I told my age and and uh, he would he would play my mixes and I'd be all happy and stoked you know on that my shit would be on the radio right and uh, one day he goes. Do you have a DJ name? I go, yeah, DJ Art. He's like, no, like a DJ name, like a real DJ name. I like go, something better. Like that's my name. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, no, you need a DJ name, man. And I told him, well, I don't, I don't have one, and I can't think of one. I don't. And then he goes, uh, he goes, you know what? Give me, a, let me give you a call back, and 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 I'll see if I could come up with something for you. And I told him, all right, cool. So an hour later, about an hour and a half, he calls me back. He goes, I got your name, and I go. What is it? And I thought he was gonna say something stupid. And then he said, DJ Dom DJ Dominator. And I was like, oh shit, that's dope. You know what I mean? That's right. a dope name. Right. And, then, and then he goes, let me tell you why your name should be Dominator. He goes, because you're the only one in your area that's cutting it up, mixing and scratching the way that you're doing it in your area. And that, and that say that, because I've never heard of anyone else out of that area doing that. And he goes, and number two, it's close to your last name, Dominguez, Dominator Dominguez. I was like, dude, that's fucking perfect. Wow. So from then on, I went, I went by. That's dope. That's I went dope. by Dominator. You know, it sounds almost like a cross between a funk name and a electro funk, you yeah. know, somewhere in there. Uh, and first of all, let me, let me give a shout out to Frank Ramirez. Cause DDZ, uh, Frank Ramirez. Uh, I met Frank Ramirez. I want to say 91, 92. Santa Barbara guy, mm -hmm. Ziramar Video, if you remember mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've been on him. He's for clever a... with his names. Yes. You know who Ziramar yes. is, right? Yes. Uh, 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 Ramirez backwards. Exactly. And I was just at his house, I think, uh, last year, sometime last year. I went out there, paid him a visit. We went out to eat. Uh, He's cool people, man. That's my boy. Real, real, real cool people. Like I said, that's the first dude to play my music on the radio. My yeah. mixes. Yeah. And, and okay, so now you're DJing, you're a youngster. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, uh, this is an interesting question. Uh, what rappers or what groups from your area were out before you? Well, the first one from my area was, his name was AKA Joe. Okay. And he actually rapped with the dude that I was telling you about earlier. The, that Ecstasy was his DJ. 
Okay. The guy that I seen scratch for the first time, which is crazy. But he's one of the first rappers from my area, aka Joe. Okay. The second group from my area is Cali Lifestyle, T Dre and Deluxe. They're the second group and they were popping. They popped all over the place. Okay. So uh after them it was us. Okay. Now when you say us, uh uh I ask questions as if I don't know anything. Central Coast Click. Central Coast Click. Central Coast Click. And uh Triple C. So how long have you had been DJing before you teamed up and said we are Central Coast Click? You mind if I tell a story? Go for it. All right. So I started DJing about 13, 14 years old. And um by the time I was about 21, I um I I already had like a little sampler and because I would like to loop drum beats while I was while I was DJing and then mix into the drum beats. So I had a little sampler, the the Gemini, the Scratch Master oh. had a little sampler on it. I think it was like a low bit sampler, but it, it did the job. So rappers would hit me up and say, hey, can you loop this beat for me? Can you loop this beat for me? And I'd be like, yeah, whatever. So they'd come over and I'd be looping them bounce rock skate good times, you know, whatever break beats I could find. And um, after that, I kind of see after seeing these rappers, some of them rap, I would critique them and tell them, you're dude, you need to rhyme in this spot. You need to rhyme in that spot. You're rhyming like in weird spots. Hmm. And uh, just from that right there. And they were like, how the fuck do you know? You don't rap. I right. go, but I listen to rap. How can you not know? It's right there. It's like a fucking nursery rhyme. Right. So they're like, well, why don't you try if you think it's so fucking easy? And I'd be like, maybe I will. <laughs> so I, I'm on the down low on my own time. I would I would write little rhymes, but I didn't want to show no one because, it, you know, everyone's first rhymes are fucking whack. Right. So once I thought it was good enough, I started showing my homies and they were like, dude, that's that's all right. They didn't say it was dope. They said it was all right. But I didn't want it. That's all right. I wanted to hear that's fucking dope. Right, right. So I kept working my craft, working my craft, working my craft. And then um, I had I had a couple homies from the neighborhood that came by one day and uh, they wanted to start a group. And it was my my homie Justo and my homie uh, Gil. And uh, Gil went by he went by Rebel. Okay. So he already had his name when he when he came. And um. When when I heard them rap, Rebel was dope. But who stole the other dude? He he didn't spend a lot of time crafting his stuff, so he was he was struggling a little bit with it. And uh, I think he kind of gave in a little bit with it after a little while. Like he, I think he kind of got tired of it. But Rebel kept coming back on his own. He kept coming back, coming back, and and cutting shit on his own. And uh, I liked I really liked the way he sounded. So. One day I showed Rebel some some of the shit that I was doing, and he was like, "That's dope, dude." And I I told him, "Hey, there's an open verse on it. Jump on it. Fuck right. it, just jump on it." So when he jumped on it, it like put the it put the song together to, where it started to sound like an actual song, and the chemistry was our voices together were I I like when I showed it to people, I started getting that reaction. That's fucking dope. That's fucking dope. So I was like, I think we got something here. So from then on, we were a group with no name. Okay, a group with no name. And uh, so you it's you, DJ Dominator, and Rebel. Who was doing the production? Was it all you at this time? I was doing, I was doing what you, if you want to call it production, I was looping a lot of beats. Okay. And, and then- You were using the Gemini. Still. I was using the Gemini still, and I was looping beats, and I would put like, 
I would loop a drum beat, take a sample and loop the drum over the sample, you know, okay. and, and uh, that's pretty much what we were rapping over. And then we'd find like a singing part from a song and scratch. I, I was a DJ, so I was able to scratch that shit in. Like and a then, chorus. Like a chorus. We'd scratch shit in and use that as a hook. And then uh, my homie, I started showing my homie T-Dre from Cali Lifestyle some of that shit. He's like, that's dope, dude. What's your guys, what's your group name? I go, we don't got a group name. And then he was like, the next time he came by, he was like, dude, you guys are Central Coast Click. That's who you guys are. And I was just all, just like that? Just like that. He goes, you guys are Central Coast Click. And then I was all, what? He's all, yeah. If you want to complicate it, you can call your guys Triple C. A lot of people think there's three people in the group, but there's not. Triple C stands for Central Coast Click. There's no third member. Mm. A lot of people get it twisted. They're like, where's the third guy? I'm like, there is no fucking third guy. <laughs> okay. But that's pretty much how our group that's got dope, started. Man. That's dope. And I'm glad that we're clearing this up because, and I wanted you to tell it because a lot of times I like to, once again, I like to ask questions that, uh, I like to sound like I don't know what I'm talking about, but I do, I do my homework on uh, whoever I interview. But a lot of people would, don't tell us, let him tell it. So that's why yeah. uh, it's good when you share these stories. Now, um, when did you guys drop that first, you know, Triple uh, C or CCC album, if you will? Okay, well, the first time that we, after those, a lot of those recordings were done on a, a four track. Okay. We, I used a, a Tascam four track player, a okay. little cassette, four different tracks. For those of you who do not know, it was not a computer program where you can undo right. when you make a mistake. If you fuck up, you fuck up. You have to do the whole verse over or punch in the air for the area where you want right. to start over again. So we didn't have the privilege of being able to undo a word or fix this word or that word. We, if we, you have to get it right. And no auto tune. No, no auto tune. No auto tune. So we, we recorded on, on, on a four track tape and, um, we had a bunch of demos that we put together. And what we were doing was putting demos together so that we could rehearse these and get it to the T. So when we would go into the big studio, we'd, we'd just wipe shit out. We'd take an hour and dust out three songs in an wow. hour versus writing there in, in the studio. I went with some of my other homies and they'd be writing in the studio, burning out time, wasting all this fucking money. And I, I, I told him, dude, we don't have that much money to be fucking wasting and writing in the studio. Let's get this shit tight, go in there, record it. And then, so our, our, our actual first album, I ran into this, this dude from the neighborhood. His name is Tomas Solis. That's the, the, the head president of Edo Five Underworld Records. That's his label. And, um, we were down. This story is going to go around. It's good. I have to backtrack a little bit. Sorry, right, go for it, man. Everybody's he, listening. He uh, he he had this label and he had already put uh, CLS out, and um, he was touring with Night Owl and Johnny J, and uh, I knew him good because he he he's a a family member of one of my family members. Mm -hmm. So he would ask me, "Hey, you want to come? You want to help us slang CDs? You you could you know I'll give you a little bit of money if you want to help us slang CDs." I was like, "Hell yeah." What kid wouldn't want to do that? Right, right. You know, so I would I would go out with them and, and slang CDs. And um, that was like, I had the time of my life doing that because I got to see these guys perform. I got to see CLS come up. Just watching them gave me ideas of what we should be doing. Uh, you know, this was before we started re recording, but I was still getting, I collecting ideas right, from right. what I seen them doing. And eventually 
I ended up showing uh, Tomas some of the recordings that we had done, the four track recordings. And he's like, well, let's put an album together. And it was taking us a while to get these demos done. And um, what what happened was he goes, well, some of these are good enough to just use the demos. And I was like, nah, I don't want to do that, dog. I want I want the shit to be polished because I'm a perfectionist. That's just the way I am. Me too, bro. But he was like, dude, we, they're good enough. Let's put them out. Let's put them out. And um, I'm going to have to sidetrack a little bit more. Um, one time, one of my homies called me and he says, uh, he goes, hey, he goes, I got a couple people here that you might want to meet. He goes, uh, bring your four track down. We're having a barbecue. And I go, all right, cool. I go, who is it? He goes, Little Rob and a new rapper named Shadow. He goes, Shadow's fucking bad dude and he goes and you already know little rub he goes bring your four track maybe we could convince them to jump on one of your songs and i was like fuck it so i brought the four track my homie hooked up some ribs <laughs> yeah we grubbed and uh no tri-tip he tri-tip but more ribs he had all kinds of fucking ribs there dude when i think santa maria i think tri-tip bro so i'm hungry i know right you're telling so. you're telling me about that go for it brother so i walk in i walk into the spot after a little while, I didn't take it down right away because I, I didn't want to look all weird and shit. Just walk up to the party with the fucking four track. But I waited, waited, waited till everyone had a little bit, little buzz. Right. Walked in and then I brought the four track down and then um, I, I hooked it up to the receiver and started playing some of the shit. Right. And uh, I, I, I played, the first song I played was a, a song that I mixed the drums from uh, Tom Tom Club, The Break. Yeah, yeah. I mixed that with Louie Louie by The Stories. Oh, the one you played earlier. Mm -hmm. That's the shit right there. I mixed that and I, I played it and I looked at little Rob and I was like, I was like, hey, bro, there's a there's a fucking open spot on here. If you want to jump on that shit, you know, I didn't I didn't know how to ask someone, you know, but that's and then he he was like, fuck it, play it, play it. So I recorded him and then he overdubbed it and then he overdubbed backups on it. And and then there wasn't any room. Shadow was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm ready for my verse, you know, and I, 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 I was like, dog, there's. There's no more spots on here, and I, it, it it was it was fucked up because Shadow. I heard Shadow's album a little earlier that day. Some of the songs, and I was like, "Fuck, I would love to put him on something," you know. Right. So after after we recorded that one, I had another beat, the Intimate Connection breakbeat, the breakbeat at the beginning by Clear. Right. I had that with. I had done some weird instruments over it. Just fucked with it. Little Rob jumped on that one, and Shadow jumped on on that one at the end. And all this was at at the barbecue. This was at the barbecue. So we had it, I had it playing through the house stereo, the auxiliary playing through the house, no headphones. We had a, a, a little uh, condenser, I mean, a dynamic mic, and they were holding the mic. It was like we weren't in a studio with the, some fucking microphone. I mean, if you listen to the songs, you can tell we weren't, there was no vocal booth there. You right, know what right, I mean? Right. And I really didn't know what the fuck I was doing at that time anyway, you know, or else I would have probably put, put them in the closet or somewhere with a with a with a condenser mic but i didn't i didn't know what the fuck i was doing dog right. <laughs> but we were basically putting that demo together so after tomas heard those songs he was like we got to put this shit out dog you, you when are you going to get little robin shadow back down here to get into the big studio that's not going to happen they're not going to come back down here we need right. to put that out right there and i was like fuck dude i was like Ugh. right of course that's like a demo still yeah i said i'll mix it the best i can and we fucking dropped it we dropped the whole album of half of the demos but i kept the certain songs i kept them out because i didn't want them to be heard that way 
So uh, we dropped that first album. It, it, it was called a, a, a Underground for Life. Okay. There was a big Aztec calendar in the front of it. Mm-hmm. Central Coast Click. We dropped it and it fucking spread like f- mad fire dog. Like it sold so many units. They sold so many units off that four track recorded tape. Wow. But th- now, even to this day, I could tell that it still bothers you that you released it. Of, of course, I go back to it when people are like, ah, that's a classic album. It's legendary. And I'm like, let me listen to this shit. So I'll listen to it. I probably listened to it last week and I all cringe at the sound dog. There's so many highs in there. I, now that I'm a, I'm a good engineer, I know what the fuck I'm doing. I, I hear like the bass could have been, I could have ran a filter to get ris- rid of some of that hissing, you know, all that shit. It, it still bothers me. I can't listen to it without critiquing it every time I fucking hear it. Every time I fucking hear it. So the second the second album that we did, Here Comes the Triple C, all that was, we did exactly what I told you. We fucking got the shit down. We went into the studio, fucking nailed it. Like we, I'm telling you, we do like three songs and maybe even more sometimes in an hour. And uh, the the a lot of the production I had done in house at my at my pad. Okay. And by that time, I didn't, I wasn't using the, uh, the little Gemini sampler no more. I already yeah. had a, I think I used a, a Kai Remix 16. Okay. And and the, the the sequencer was in, actually, it was an Atari computer. Do you remember yeah. the Atari computers, the, yeah. the sequencers? They're, they, they were more than just video games. This was software that you could actually sequence with. Hmm. And, um, I hook I would hook that up and it would see it would tell the 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 sampler what to do like you could literally sequence quantize on the computer and wow. had a mouse and everything wow so I would I, at that point I was using that to sequence drums and then chopping up the samples and you know doing all the shit that needed now, to be done on your second album did that do as well as the first one yes it did really it did okay uh let's back up a little bit if not if not better okay Let's back up a little bit. Your first one drops. You guys get booked for any shows? We were touring. Tomas had this thing where he he would he already had cities that he had brought uh, CLS, Night Owl, and Johnny J to. Okay. So he already kind of had like a foundation of where we're going to go already. We were already doing Salt Lake, and we barely had an album that barely came out. We were touring all over the place. We were doing backyard boogies we were doing whatever the fuck we could get practice on 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 uh crafting our performance oh uh-huh. and and uh you taking the stage you ever forget your lyrics uh at that time no because they were fresh in my brain they're fresh uh, a lot of a lot of people trip on there when i do a show now i rehearse my ass off like i don't fuck around I, i'll stay in there i'll i'll rehearse like two or three times a day two maybe two to three weeks ahead before the show even comes i like my shit to be tight and the reason i'm like that is because i i'm so busy working on so many tracks doing so much shit that you're gonna forget some shit if it's it's like fucking having a glass of water and pouring water in there shit comes out you know what i mean and 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 for me to have to remember it i have to re i rehearse my ass off just okay. the perfectionist Emmy and not wanting to make a fool out of myself on stage. Right, right. Okay. Okay, so now your second one drops and that that one does very well. 
Well, we recorded that. Like I said, we recorded that in the studio. We had our shit together. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything was clean as fuck. We were using a uh, ADATS. We were recording on yeah, ADATS at that time. Ask. Was it two inch? But you say ADATS. For those of you that may not know what an ADAT is, they're actually like VHS cassettes. Mm-hmm. That's the best way you can describe it. Digital. Yeah. They were digital though. Yeah. So it was clean. And uh, uh, so now that drops, you guys can still continually doing shows. Yeah, the shows at. It, it started getting to the point where people were calling us for shows instead of us trying to force our way into shows mm-hmm. because we'd be, uh, you know, oh, you know, we'll see if we could get you on. We'll see if there's a five minute segment for you. You know, we'll see what we can do. But once we would hit that stage, they would the audience would go crazy and they would. Oh, we'll just let them keep going. Let them keep going. Fuck it. They're doing a good job. They're right, right. doing a better job than the headliner. Yeah. Let them keep going. <laughs> hey, sometimes that happens because a lot of the guys that are trying to get up there, they put on a hell of a show and the fucking headliner's lazy, you know, doesn't give a shit. You're hungry. Yeah, you're, you're hungry. hungry. So you're going to do the best you can. You're, you're doing the best you can. You're at that point where you want that audience to give you the love that you want to get from them, you know? Yeah. You know, you, you know, some of the best shows I've ever seen, and I was thankful to be either up on stage with them or backstage with them before they get ready to go on. But some of the best shows I've ever seen was NWA perform. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I okay. would have loved to have seen that. Dude, uh, I was backstage with them, and then I went off to the side of the stage, and I saw them perform to see Dre and Yellow on the turntables, Easy, everybody yelling, we want Easy. It was just the, it was just electric, okay? Um, the next one I saw that uh, went up there by himself, and he had one guy beatboxing, and because uh, he wasn't supposed to perform that night, but he was just there, was KRS-One. Oh, shit. And, and he just went up there and wrecked shit. The whole fucking audience knew his song. He so was beatboxing? No, he had somebody beatboxing. While he was rapping while over was, it. Yeah, rapping. After that, I would probably say Cypress Hill's first album. I saw them tear shit. And I, I, after that, bro, I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if anybody can fuck with these guys. Like, seriously. That's a group I'd like to work with. Yeah. Yeah. It's Cypress Hill. Dude, I, I seen them wreck shows with a fucking audience is just jumping up and down, dude. And it's funny. I was with them in Florida. Send dog. Uh, we're, we're talking. Uh, we're drinking Coronas and he tells, he looks all bored and he goes, yeah, we just win gold. <laughs> and I, 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 this is off the first album. And I said, all sad. I said, well, shit, you ought to be buying me beers. He goes, yeah, but we're still on this promotional tour. Financial. They, yeah. They weren't getting paid. Financial. Yeah, I so. could tell you that before you even were going to tell me. Yeah. It's funny. You know what's dope about hearing you tell these stories? Is that they're in your brain. Yeah. They're in your brain. They're not on a cell phone. It's not something that... It's something you captured in your brain. You were looking at it with your eyes. Yeah. Because the problem is when you're like this, you're missing a, you're missing the moment by looking at your screen. If pay really pay attention to yourself next time you're at the show, I'm talking to you guys. But when you're at the show and you're like this, put the phone down and watch the show for a second. And there's a big difference between watching it on yes. your phone and actually watching it in person. There's a big difference. You enjoy it. You'll enjoy it so much not picking your phone up. And I'm glad you shared that. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I do think to a certain extent, you know, I know pictures and videos to capture the moment. I right. understand that. Right. One of my boys, uh, big up to uh, my boy, Big Daddy Swoles, he was bodyguarding for MC Hammer. I just recently went to go see Hammer, went backstage, had a chance to to, to meet him. And, and I, I shared this with Mellow Man and a couple of other people that being backstage with Hammer, 
I would say the first time ever, and I've been in a lot of backstage rooms with all different artists. This was probably the most positive energy that I've ever felt. You know, not only just from him, but also from his dancers, his manager, his DJ, whatever. It was, it was so, it was, it was so powerful, man, that I, I felt so peaceful that I didn't want to leave. You know, so I shook his hand, talked to him, and I went up on stage. And uh, I shot a couple of stories on Instagram just to post up. Oh, this was recent. Recently, uh, a week or a week and a half ago. So I just put the phone back on my uh, on my pocket, and I told my boy who was bodyguarding for him, like, I want you to look at the crowd. They're not into it, and I'm gonna tell you why they're not into it because they're too busy like this. Mm -hmm. The entire crowd mm -hmm. was doing this, and they weren't even bobbing their head or nothing. If and, you would have seen one of Hammer's shows back in the day, it. It, the it, energy would have been way different. Way different. And way I think different. To a certain extent, to because technology is good, but this has kind of ruined the moment, you know, the show, if you will. Right, so, right. So I, I, I get it. I understand it. And I'm thankful that uh, there's like that quote that I like to post up every once in a while. Thank God that I had a childhood before technology took over. Right. You know, so now you see parents that go out with their kids and uh, the parents are possibly old school and they're eating and their four kids are on their cell phone. They don't even talk to nobody. It's kind of the parents' fault for not checking them. Yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you what, whenever we have Thanksgiving here, nobody's, even now, nobody brings a cell phone to the table. <laughs> that's it. Nobody does. Yeah, so, that's, that's, that's good. And that's the way I do it. But so now se second album's dropped. Uh, is there a third one? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a third album. Uh, it's called the 805 family. And by that time, we had made enough money to purchase some equipment. Okay. So I got, cause I, even though the studio, we, we would polish our shit up and go to the studio. I got tired of going to the studio whenever I had creative ideas, dog. Like I got tired of making demo versions. Yeah. And, 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 and even though the shit was polished and we sounded good, I noticed that we would lose a little bit of the rawness from the time we made the demo version to the time that we were in the studio. And I, like I said, they sounded really polished, but some of the demo versions had like this performance sound to it that it was raw, dog. Yeah. And the emotion there was for us to go back and have to do it again. To recreate that passion. Exactly. You can't, sometimes you can't get that emotion that you're getting when you're in front of the mic for the very first time spitting that. Right. Or singing that or whatever the fuck you're doing in front of the mic. So I went and got myself a, another four track player, but this was a digital four track player. Yeah. And it was a, it was a heart, a mini disc four track player. And, um, it was clean as fuck. I want to say it was a little cleaner than the ADATs. And, um, I did the whole third album off, off that four track player and then, uh, took it someplace to, to, uh, mix it to mix it down. You know, and I'm glad you're bringing up the four track because today people, again, technology is good. I don't have nothing against people working with today's technology when it comes to making music, but you were limited to a four track and to your budget, okay? I did all my mixtapes on, on four tracks. We got a record deal off of a four track mixtape. Uh, um, you were using four track. People like the Beatles, people like uh, the Doors, people like Joplin, they all had four tracks. Right. Albums albums right today i just think again my opinion people have so much more and i think music has gone they're not getting as creative as they can because they have too much shit to work with i know that sounds retarded but it's 
when you the more I feel like the more options you give someone, the more it's gonna confuse them and fuck them up, and maybe you you might not get what you're gonna get. Right. Versus the person that's hungry and struggling and wishing they had all this shit. Right. You know what I mean? Let me explain to you guys something about the four track that a lot of people don't. I think they're thinking you could just record shit on there. You can't. If you have all these layers of vocals that you have to do, you have to make room for what, for instance, you have to have the beat on one track. And now after that, you only have three tracks to fucking work with. It's not unlimited where you could just click the mouse and open arm all these fucking tracks. It's not, it's not like that. Right. You, you, so you'll, let's say you're doing a double on your vocals. You have to take that double and mix it over here <laughs> as perfectly as you can to that one track so that you can have these two open tracks to do backups. Maybe your hook. Maybe you might want to put your hook and stereo on those two tracks. Right. And if you're lucky, sometimes people will have to take that mix and maybe mix it down to an, another outside source to bring it back again so you could have three more open tracks. Right. So it's a lot of bouncing, a lot of, it's called bouncing that we had to do at that time. For those of you that are watching and are listening and possibly don't know nothing about music, I would say 90% of the oldies that you listen to, if not all of them, were done on four tracks. Exactly. We're all done on four track. I mean, real to real four tracks, yeah. what they were using at Richie that time. Richie Valens, or whether it be Mary Wells, or whether it be uh, um, the Oogum Boogum guy, uh, Brentwood. 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 You know, I mean, that's where it was all done at. And again, all, um, as a matter of fact, the intro song to Rodian Radio was done on a mixtape. The mixtape was called In Effect. I, I know you know about bouncing. On four absolutely, because we were limited. Uh, my best mixtape that a lot of people like, that I'm most known for, did it in 1988. It's called 88 Boom and Bass. It's constant mixing all the way through, done on four track. So you know you have to go back and forth, and it motherfucking get confusing. But that's how I learned how to use a four track. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to press pause on that four track and we're going to come back after this break. As a matter of fact, we're going to go ahead and get uh, some beer and uh, we're going to chill. We're going to talk. Uh, Before we take a break, can I say something real quick? Go for it. I used to listen to his mixes and wonder how the fuck did you have like eight turntables lined up and you were like hitting like how the fuck was he able before i knew what the four track was i was like wondering how the fuck you were able to like come in song after song and then be scratching while you're mixing and i was like how the fuck did he do that once i discovered what the four track was i knew how he did it. <laughs> hey you heard it here rodeo radio dj dominator 808 in the building. Once again, much love, much respect to everybody that's tuned in. Call somebody, text somebody. As a matter of fact, break a bottle over somebody's fucking head and let them know that DJ Dominator's in the building. We'll Fuck him back. up. Fuck him up. Yo, everybody, welcome back to Rhodium Radio episode 35. And I just got caught slipping, just pouring a little bit of uh, tequila right here. I put that there just so maybe somebody wants to sponsor me. I'll drink your shit live. And uh, somebody asked me, what does my t-shirt say? It says, uh, I didn't ask to be Mexican. I just got lucky. So I got lucky. That's dope. With these 19-inch pythons. That was little Hulk Hogan. So anyways, brother. Let me show my shirt, too. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. OG Dominator. That's a dope-ass cover right there, man. That's the cover for my album. Yeah. Uh, I had a question. Uh, you know what? I should have asked this earlier. When was the first time you ever heard your music on the radio? 
It was on the third album, the the uh, Underworld 805 Family album, and we had a. They played. First, they played a song we had called "True." We we had sampled Spandau Ballet. Oh, dope! And and the song was called "True." And then the second song we had was "Dangerous," and I actually sampled uh, another one, "Bites of Dust." Queen. Okay. We fucked that one up, and they played. We had to make edited versions for the radio, but they played the fuck out of it. Our local radio stations played the shit out of it. Man. They, they played the fuck out of it, man. Every time I turned the radio on, it was on. So True was the first one. True was the first one, and they played the fuck out of that one. And, and uh, the women loved that one. Now, were you at the station when they played it? Did somebody call you? Did you just happen to turn on the radio? No, you, you know, we were, we, I, there was this club called Limbagos in our area. It's closed down now, but... In Napomo, there was a club called Limbagos, and the radio station was doing like a promotional thing out there. And um, I had the DJ, I already knew they were there, and I had the DJ spin dangerous for me. And uh, the dude seen the way everyone was reacting to it. He's like, what the fuck? He's like, what is this? Who is this? You know, so he found out who I was. He came up to me. He's like, dude, I, I want some of this shit. I'm going to play it on the radio when they could do shit like that. Right. They can't do shit like that anymore. Right, right. But at that time, they they put the program direct. He was the program director of the station. Okay. So he came and uh, I shot him the whole CD, and he's like, "I want a edited version of True and an edited version of Dangerous." And um, after that, he played the, he played the fuck out of it, dog. Like he really right. pushed it. Heavy rotation. Heavy rotation with nothing behind it, no wow. money behind it, nothing. He just played the fuck out of it. Okay, and that album's taken off. And that al yeah, that album took off. And then the fourth album, uh, we had a song called "Baby Girl" that Vocal Spero Locos had. Uh, they they spun that. My boy E Dub, shout out to E Dub and Kool Aid. E Dub pushed the shit out of "Baby Girl," mm -hmm. and uh, we something we didn't get into. That's what that the fourth album that we did. Uh, we had already left the first eight hundred five Underworld label. And went to this and created our own label called Artistic Records, and that was with Marvin Gonzalez and Jerome Stevens, and um, we pretty much had our own label. We had freedom to do whatever the hell we wanted. I mean, we always had freedom, but this was our label at this point. And wow. uh, with with this label, we ended up doing two records with them, and okay. uh, E Dub got behind us and helped helped us push this. We had already recorded with E Dub in the past, but at this point, you know, we were. We were homies, and um, he was. Oh, this record, Baby Girl, was uh, featuring Michael Cooper from Compunction. Hmm. So the label, we had some money behind us at this point, and the label paid for him to fly down. He went to my my uh, mom and dad's pad, and we recorded Baby Girl there at the spot. Dope. Dope. That was for. Oh yeah, that that album did great, and the f album after that, our fifth album, called Another Way. Um, after we had success with that last album, the fifth album. They brought, we had a, uh, oh, I'm sorry. When we released the fourth album, we had a, um, album release party for the masterpiece, our okay. fourth album. And, um, they are like, who do you want for your openers? Who do you, who do you want for the, for your album release party? I told them that that's easy. SOS band. So they brought SOS band and they actually opened up for us at our album release party. Wow. So they opened up for us and then we closed the show and we killed it. But, the cool thing about it was we had worked something out with her. So the next day after the show, the next day, Mary Davis came over from SOS band, came to my house and we recorded a track together that second day. It was 
fucking amazing, dude. <laughs> I had SOS band in my fucking parents' pad in my room where my studio was at. Who the fuck can say that? Right. No one can say that. Right. No one can fucking say that. That's like one of those moments. And once again, I didn't have one. This is actually a time I wish I would have had a fucking cell phone to record. Or you could have had a Polaroid. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, we, we took a few pictures. Yeah, we took a few pictures. But it, it, it was really dope because... One thing I want to talk about this during the interview, she had sat me down and had a talk with me and she's like, before we start recording, cheers. Let me get a drink too. Go for it, man. Mm. That's why they're there. They're not props. Mm. Mm -hmm. Before we started recording, she said, can I sit down and have a talk with you? And I was like, yeah. And it was crazy because no other artist had ever told me that. Right. She's like, I just want to sit down and chat with you about a few things. And I go, all right, cool. So I sat down with her and she was like, she was like, you know, art. She was calling me art. She goes, uh, you know, I just want to wish you the very best for your career. I want things to go for good for you. She's like, I don't do songs with rappers. I've never done a song with a rapper. She's like, for some reason, something made me want to do this song with you guys she goes I, I and i she goes i know you guys have been through some things she goes i just think that you need to be spiritual she, she wasn't preaching to me she just told me to bring some spirit into my life and that we're, we'll go a lot further and we'll go a long way with our career as long as we bring some spirit into our, our lives uh -huh. and i was tripping out dude i was like she sat me down and told me this shit right now dude it changed it like changed me it tripped me the fuck out right right, right. what artist does that and there's no one else that can say they worked with sos band google it right right hey, hey you know what man let me tell you something that's a special moment i had one special moment like that and i won't take too long but um what you said that type that type of uh, conversation that you had with her um uh, i had it with tina marie oh fuck okay I had it with Tina Marie. I had her number. Uh, she would actually borrow some of my keyboards every once in a while because I used to collect a lot of vintage keyboards, like the Honor Clavinet, '88 Key, Fender Rhodes. All the I had all the moves. Oh, you had the Fender uh, Rhodes. Do you still have the Fender Rhodes? I got I got rid of everything. Oh, but I, but I, but I uh, Oberheim, the Arp Odyssey. I had all of that shit here, and uh, she loved the '88 Key, Fender Rhodes. So she lived in Pasadena at the time. Uh, may she rest in peace. And I took it down there one time and uh, she was just playing it and she would put the Moog on top of the Fender Rhodes. And I'm, I'm over here cringing because I'm like, I kept my shit like in mint condition. She said, this is the way we all used to do it. So she would play the Moog with the 88 key Fender Rhodes. Right on top of it? Right on top of it. Oof. And um, so she had a, a talk with me or something like that, which I probably won't share, you know, uh, but one day I will. But she did a song with me. I was producing a song for Mellow Man Ace. Uh, we, we did a song, Loving You by Minnie Rippleton. And I played it on my very first show uh, when I interviewed Mellow. So if people want to hear it, you can go to episode one with Mellow Man Ace. It's at the very end. And we end the show by just playing that song. Uh, uh, Mellow rapping and she's singing the chorus, Loving That's dope. You. Yeah, so people can go check that out. But uh, matter of fact, I'm gonna I am gonna have Mellow back because his birthday's coming up, and I'm, I want to celebrate his birthday here. So we'll probably play that song again. But um, we'll be here. Yeah, most, <laughs> no, most definitely. Try, you got reason to try to. Okay, uh, I will. But uh, um, yeah, man, you know what? I I'm glad you shared that. Uh, I'm sure people are now seeing a side of you that maybe they never seen because 
or stories uh, that they never heard because you don't do interviews. I don't you know? do. I'm a fucking hermit, Doug. I'll admit it. I'm a hermit. The only time I ever get out is to buy food or go <laughs> do a show or, you know, that's it. And to exercise. I go hiking and shit like that. But that's about it, Doug. Wow. Wow. Well, next time I go out towards your way, I'm going to hit you up and we're going to have to go get something to eat out there. You know, do something. Get, I'll get you out. We'll talk music, inspire you. Then you can go back home, throw on your trench coat, and start playing your keyboards on <laughs> me. Maybe I'll inspire something. Yeah. yeah. So, so now let me ask you. This is just for me. Uh, um, what inspired you to just stay on that funk sound, which I think it's dope. Okay, because I listened to your last album. I'm, I know we're kind of getting into it a little bit, but I I thought that shit was fucking amazing, and, and I encourage. I encourage everyone, you're welcome, brother. I woke, I encourage everyone to go listen to the, to your music because I think you're one of those guys that's kind of like a hidden gem that people have heard about, but you need to be out more in the masses. People need to hear more of TJ Dominator because I think uh, you have an incredible talent. People just need to hear more of you, you know, uh, and I believe hopefully this is just a start that this video, uh, or should I say this, uh, interview would travel and people would listen to it, hit you up, work with you, uh, hire you, whatever the case may be, because I really do believe that uh, you're talented. I mean, not only do you rap, you sing, play talk box, you play, you produce your own music, you edit your own videos. I mean, it's all there, you know, so uh, I wanted to brag a little bit about you. Hey, gracias, so. I appreciate so, that, uh, It's uh, hard for me to brag about myself. Well, you know what? I'm, not, I'm just not one of those people. When people give me compliments, I want to hide under the table because I don't know how to accept it. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I had to tell my brother one time when I was younger, I said, man, people compliment me all the time. I don't know what to say. He would just say thank you. That's it. And I was like, I know, but I even feel embarrassed saying that. And he goes, just say thank you. So <laughs> anyways. Well, I, I, I play guitar. I play the bass. I do keys. Um, and one of my favorite instruments is to play the turntables, mix and scratch. Yes. That was my first instrument. I can tell you that right now. That was my first instrument. I mean, I like playing. I play drums. I do congas. I do everything, Doug, when it comes to music. I'll, I'll, if I, and the, the weird thing about it is that my, I don't want to say my playing is, is spectacular or oh. genius or anything like that, but I have a way of putting the songs together where it really sounds like I know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> and I really don't know what the fuck I'm doing. What I do is I just play and whatever the fuck sounds good is what comes out of me. I feel like it's spiritual. Like I'm not trying to get deep. I just feel like something just comes through me and oh shit, how the f Cause I'll listen back to, I'll listen to this album and I'm like, how the fuck did I do that? Oh, how the fuck did that come out of me? How? I, I, I got an interesting question because this used to happen to me all the time when I was more of an active producer. There would be some times where your mind just doesn't shut off. It keeps going. It keeps going. Yeah. It keeps going. Yeah. You lay down to crash. Yeah. Finally. And then you're pretty much in the dark with your eyes wide open. Mm -hmm. You you seem to doze off and then you wake up because you hear a boom bap. Mm -hmm. And then I have to get up, turn my shit on mm -hmm. and start does that happen to you? Doug, I'm telling you right now, I'm composing <laughs> in my brain. I'm, I'm, and I don't do it on purpose. I'm not being rude. Right. But something is, there's, I'm composing in my brain. There's, there's a song in my brain right now. Right. And I can't fucking turn it off. I can't. I, I try to. When I go to sleep, I really try. So I, I, I do have a, a way that I've fixed that from fucking me up in the nighttime. What I do is, cause I'll wake up 
I'll wake up and there'll be my brain is already composing when I wake up. It's already halfway through the song. And I'm, I'm not joking, dog. They'll be halfway through the song and I'm like, fuck, dude. And before what I used to do, I would get up, go to go into the studio in the next room and start laying the drum track down just to satisfy my inner soul so I could fall back asleep. And then I go back to the bed and being up the lights and all that shit, I would not fall back asleep. Right, right. It, right. it just you're not right. your brain's still composing. Here's another one. Even during sex. I still like Boom. even more so because you're doing rhythmic shit. Well, it's funny, but I'm not fucking around. And you have to clap going. It's, that's the sound. Yeah, that's the sound you're talking about. Of course. Sounds like. Well, let me tell you how I fixed that, Doug. If, if 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 you still have issues with it, this is how I fixed my problem. This is where this comes in handy. There's a sound. There's a, a memo. The, the voice memo. I'll beatbox the sound, or I'll hum it, whatever the fuck. Turn it back off, and I'll knock the fuck out now. I don't have to go into the studio. As long as I put it down somewhere, I'm good. That's dope, man. That's dope. So, fifth album drops. What comes for you next? The fifth album dropped. And uh, after that, I think the label was having, uh, fin we were having financial problems. We had spent all that money on fucking SOS band. And right, right. <laughs> we were just spending money left and right. But a lot of things good came from, from that. You know, we were making another stepping stone. Um, after that, I, I, Rebel continued, uh, Rebel has a family, so he wanted to raise his kids and he wanted to do what he, what he had to do, you know, and, and I fully respected him for that. So I sat down, I talked to him, I told him, Hey bro, I'm going to put out, I have all this material here. I'm going to finish up a solo album. And, you know, I wanted to talk to him and be respectful about it and not just do it behind his back or. Cause I'm not like that, dog. If I, I'll, I'll come out in the open and say what, what has to be done. If he disagreed with it, then I probably would have said, "All right, well then, motherfucker, we're gonna do another Triple C album." <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Right, right. But I knew he was gonna be understanding about it because he's a cool ass motherfucker. Yeah. He just, do. I have nothing but respect for my partner. He's still my partner. Right. There's, there's still a Triple C. As a matter of fact, we got another Triple C album coming a few months maybe. And it's been about twenty, about nineteen years since we released okay. our last album. By this time, I was already doing a solo album. So okay. I, I dropped this first solo album, it, 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 uh, Dominaire, Love It or Hate It. And I had a song on there called Your Love Is Bomb that E-Dub again, once again, got behind me, played the fuck. It wasn't just E-Dub that played it. DJ Wicked, who I brought with me today, also played it. He played the shit out of it on, on a station called 103, The Vibe, and with the Mexicans. And he spun the fuck out of it dog like every every chance he could i know he spun it i know he was he was behind me supporting me and spinning it dope. so shout out to my boy dj wickham that's dope man so all this time uh, well you guys i don't want to call it breaking up but you guys for the moment took time out started yeah. creating your own you created your own right project and he used pretty much raising his family. He did a, a little solo album himself. Okay. Yeah, okay. he did a solo album. So himself. there was never like a, a squabble or something. No. Okay. No. Rebel, as a matter of fact, I put Rebel on the solo album. Oh, dope. I put him on the solo album. Okay. He's on He's on a couple of tracks with me on there. Well, you said it, uh, it's possibly that will drop in a couple of months? With the Triple C album? Yes. Yeah. Okay. A few months, three or four months. Okay. When you guys do that, let me know like before it drops. I, I want to bring both of you guys back on here. Hell yeah. You know, both of you guys were promoted. And I would like to know. He know. he 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 was got troll about not being able to come, Doug. He was like, ah! 
It hurt. I could tell it hurt him. Oh, shit. He really wanted to come, dog. Okay, well, if you're listening, much love, much respect to Rebel. Uh, you're going to be here, bro. You're going to be drinking with us, and you're going to be uh, chilling and kicking it with us. Don't He's worry. He's a cool motherfucker, too, dog. Next time, I'm going to have him bring me some tri-tip, okay? Okay, so you, I want, we can grow up hey, Shit, if I were that time, I would have brought some today. I was telling the boys I wanted to bring some. Well, next but, time, yeah, brother. Yeah, we'll plan it. Yeah, definitely. So, first album drops. How did that do? You said that EW and were blowing it up. It did good. Okay, good. I have the song Your Love is Bomb that just blew the fuck up. I'm telling you. Now, when you say Your Love is Bomb, uh, uh, um, what were you talking about? I'm talking about, girl, if you let me take you home, I promise I will call tomorrow. And if by chance you let me bone, we gonna leave the lights on. Dominator, Dominator, that's my name. Ain't too many hoochies hip to my. When you see my eyes and you hear my job, baby, can you tell the difference from the truth to a lie? Dope. Dope. Round of applause, everybody. Come on, man. Give it up, give it up, give it up. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I, I know that was a nice cheek clapper right there, homie. So, anyway, let me uh, get a quick refill. But, so now that album drops, are you doing any shows? Oh, by, yeah. I was doing a lot of shows at that time, actually. Okay. Now, did you ever do a lot, any, a lot of shows out here this way? Uh, we did, sh dog, we've done so many fucking shows that I, I can't even, people will come up to me and they're like, oh yeah, I met you, I met you. I was like, what city? I mean, we weren't fucked up during our shows, but I, I've seen so many faces in my life that I can't. Right, right. When I see someone, I, I can't remember their name. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm not being a dick. I'm not doing it on purpose, but. I just can't remember. Right, right. No, I get the same thing. Like, I go places and I'm and people will tell me, "Hey, what's up?" And I'm like, "What's up?" Oh, yeah, I'm Big Bear from Instagram, and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, I, well, I, I I don't know who you are." Yeah, I, we I follow you. Okay, well, I don't know who Big and his fucking picture is a truck. Like, I'm gonna really gonna fucking recognize him. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, I get that a lot too. Uh, man, people get butthurt, you know, over that. Uh, but I, I try not to hurt nobody's feelings. Now, let me ask you this. Do you ever get people that possibly recognize you, know who you are, but it it kind of comes across like they're mad-dogging you? And uh, Yes, that's the biggest thing right there. When I look and I'm like, are they dogging me? Are you dogging me, motherfucker? Or am I going to have to get down right now? Or or do you are you a fan? Right. And, and a lot of times I would think they were dogging me and, I, and they would end up being fans. I know. I know. A lot of, I, I want to say like 95% of it, they were fans. And I, later on, they hit me up on Instagram. Hey, dog, I just did them. I, I, I was, I was kind of embarrassed to come up to you or, you know, I don't trip on shit like that. I'm, I'm cool, dog. I'll sign an autograph. I'll take a picture. I don't, I'm, I'm cool like that. I'm a down to earth motherfucker. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. No, that's good, man. That's good to hear. So that solo album drops. What's that? What comes next? Um, for a while. That was that album dropped in two thousand and four. Okay. And um, from then till maybe about two thousand and eight, I was just creating, 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 mm. creating, 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 because I never stopped creating, but I just wasn't putting shit out. And uh, I wasn't really big on on um, Facebook or you know Instagram or any of that shit. MySpace. No, I wasn't really too big on going on there all the time. Right. I was just into my music. So I remember at the time around 2008, I was going through a divorce and um, I started drinking and getting fucked up a lot, dog. Like 
what most people do during divorces. Right. So I was getting fucked up. I was going to clubs. I was partying, having a good time, having a good time. And uh, I remember this one particular night. I um, I was faded, and uh, my boy Wicked was actually on the on the turntables at some club. I was like, "What are you doing here?" I hadn't seen him in a while. And remember, I told you he had been spinning the fuck out of my shit. Right. And uh, I hadn't had anything out new. And and he he goes, uh, "Hey, dog." He goes, "We have this show called Throwback Sundays." He goes, uh, we, we've had it on for a little while. And, and he goes, uh, I'd like you to come and, and spin or do an interview. He goes, I'd like you to come and do an interview. And I said, hell yeah, I'm down, dog. Anything for you, dog. Yeah, I mean, he's, he, he, he helped my career out at a time where I, people weren't playing shit on the radio. Right. You know what I mean? It was, it was, you had to pay someone to, to market your album and get shit on the radio. And that he was like my marketing boy when it came to doing shit like that. Cause was, that was my boy. So he goes, uh, I'd like you to come down to the show and do an interview. And I, I, I told him, hell yeah. So I went down there. I did the interview. I spun a set in which I, he brought me out of retirement as a DJ because I, at that point, <laughs> I was tired of spinning, dog. Yeah, of and I was tired of trying to please people at parties. I was no longer a mobile DJ. I was like, fuck that. I got tired of people bumping into my fucking tables and making the needle jump all over the fucking place and people not being satisfied because one guy wants to hear this song. He goes to the restroom and he fucking comes back and he's like, are you going to play that song? I'm like, I just played it, dog. Yeah. Oh, come on, dog. I didn't play that song. And I'm like, oh, my God, dude, I'm tired of dealing with this shit. Yeah, yeah. But as a funk specialist and being able to come to the show and play funk, I was excited. I was like, no, no requests. We get to play whatever the fuck we want. He's like, yeah. So I, I spun a set and, um, he called, he called me and he said, you want to come back and do, want to come back again? And I go, hell yeah. So I went back, spun another funk set and he goes, he goes, uh, a, uh, my son, a uh, little wicked. He goes, he, he, he got to, he told me to ask you if you would do a theme song for the show. Hmm. And I said, hell yeah. A throwback called Throwback Sundays and he goes, yeah. So I went home and I, and that, that the next weekend, I think it, I started on a Friday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I worked on the song by Sunday. I was done with it. Boom. So I showed up with it and I, and I, I go, here it is, Doug. And he played it and he was like, oh shit. He, whoever was DJing, he made them get off the table. He's like, we got to play it right now. Right, right. We got to right, play right. this shit now. So what I had done was I had a replayed, I didn't sample, I replayed Kashif Stone in Love. And um, we, it, it did so good, we had to do a video for it, dog. So we did a video for it at the spot where we filmed Throwback Sundays. Mm -hmm. Had a good time, partied, filmed it, and it took off, dog, like fucking, like fire, dude. And I was like, <laughs> and that was the first time I had ever done like a full length funk song. Right, right. So that made me think to myself, dude, I could do this music that I love so much. Even though I love rap, I'll always have a love for rap. But I wanted to poke at this music that I had been raised with, that my mom had played. And it was it was like it's it's just it's different, dog. It's not like it's not like hip hop. It's not like rap. It's it there's like a certain emotion in it that's I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I was raised on that shit. And I was like, I'm going to try to create. I, I, fuck it. If I could do this one song. And it was cool. It was a dope ass jam. But 
I wanted to make it, I wanted to do what I did with Throwback Sundays, but even more live. Right, right. right. Like, with, because the, the drums were programmed and blah, blah, blah. I wanted to play actual drums. Okay. And, and, and play live sounds and play the guitar. So I experimented with it and ended up wanting to do funk. Okay. You know, you know, let me ask you a question. Who are some of your, and I probably know these answers, but I want to hear them from you. Who are, some of your um favorite hip hop producers. Oh shit. I love Give me at least five. Dude, oh, oh shit, five. That's good. I'm glad you said five. It, it, they don't have to be in order either. DJ Quick. I knew I knew that one. Battle Cat. Those are my like two top top favorite producers. After that, hmm. You ever heard of a guy named Dr. Dre? Oh, come on. That, I, I, I shouldn't even you. have to say that one. That's, right, right. that's already... That's already a given. That's already a given. That's why I didn't even say that. Okay. But but something about quick sound is just... It's funky. Right. And that drew me. That drew me. Like, right away, it, it drew me to... I was like, right. oh, dude, this sounds like the shit I was raised on. Like, but they're rapping over it. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. Dude, yeah. and Second to None. And by the way, I have a track with Second to None. Dope. Yeah, I have Dope. a track with Second None. It's called Dry Hump. Dry Hump. Yeah, it had to be something nasty if it was Second and None. Of course. Uh, um, Dog, I, I'm starting to feel a little buzz, so I'm not going to remember the rest of the fucking producers that I would. That shit, that, that shot. It's a, it's a good ass shot. That's good. Another one's coming, so let's keep it going. Mm. Um, was that a good answer for your questions? No, it was. It was. Okay. I'm going to tell you who brags a lot about you. Uh, actually, a lot of people do, but uh, MC Pancho, okay, and um, este, um, Seven. Oh, yeah, Seven is my boy. Yeah, Seven. And Pancho, I would like to hang with him and grub some of that food that he likes to fucking display yes, all yes. the time. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, much love, much respect to MC Pancho. Hey, gracias, homie. I appreciate that. Hey, you know where you need to go? I don't know and if seven you... Is, seven is my dog. Yes. Seven's the one that put me on. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he's the one that was like, "Dog, you gotta, be, you need to be on that show. You gotta be on a fucking, you gotta be on that show, dog." Hmm. Now, okay. As a matter of fact, a lot of them, a lot of people have been uh, messaging me and they're like, "Dude, Tony, hey, dude, you gotta be on that show. Why haven't you been on that show yet? Why haven't you been?" I'm like, he, "He already hit me up. <laughs> We're already talking about it." Right, right. There's a lot of people uh, that tell me, "When are you gonna get this?" They don't really even fucking realize that they're already booked. You just gotta wait. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm going to tell you one thing. Uh, this is the plug for uh, the Regent. You ever go into the Scam Jam? No, I haven't been there. You need to go. Lala go. hasn't invited me yet. Okay, well. Lala, you haven't invited me yet. I I'll invite you. Uh, uh, Pancho is the host. So he always invites me, puts me on the list. It's funk all fucking night, bro. Like, seriously. They do it once a month. Once a month. So every month, every day. Do they have guest, I, guest spinner people? Uh, it's all women. Women DJ. Oh. It, honestly, let me tell you something. There's one girl. I it's think, nice seeing a woman yeah. spin. I think her it's name sexy. is Angie. Yes, and she can really spin, bro. I, I mean, I'm talking about her mixes don't sound like somebody threw some shoes in a dryer. You know what I'm saying? Uh, um, like she's she's she, actually she's good, bro. It's not like, a train wreck. It's not. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Doesn't sound like the fucking Santa Anita horse track races. You know, but um, I'm telling you, she could spin dope, and then they play like disco freestyle but they play funk all fucking night bro you know that's one thing i will say about us chicanos man is that this funk to us never got old you know ray parker jr the bar case 
you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire. And never got you're singing old. to the choir, homie. You're like, like we've never said, oh, that's some old shit. No, it's not. No. You know, it just never got old. No. So most people, oh, they're fucking outdated. It no. never got old to us. That's no. why whenever they perform, who's there? We are. Yeah, exactly. We buy all the tickets. Okay. We support them. We buy their music. We buy their apparel, whatever. Dog, I've opened for so many old school groups. Give us a couple of names while I pour, while I pour some of this. Uh, I've, I opened for War. I opened for Gap Band. I opened for Cameo. I opened for what other groups? Uh, fuck. The Barquets, I opened for Midnight Star. Um, I or oh, SOS band opened for me. Let's <laughs> go, let's go. Dog, I just and and it, you know what's what's crazy is I take my vinyl. I have my bag of vinyl that I take to every show, so I have a a big fucking collection of vinyl signed. Right, right. As a matter of fact, uh, I barely put um I put up a post on my Instagram of of some of the vinyl I have signed and and um two of them are are Michael Jackson signatures off the wall and thriller I have those two signed wow when he came to court to Santa Maria me and my homie crazy boy were over there at that at that actual sh um when oh, he really? came out he was jumping on the car all crazy no you were there I was there shit Doug when I found out he was at the court I grabbed my vinyl you know what's fucked up is that uh I have eight tracks and I I have off the wall the eight track at my parents pad and uh, I was disappointed that I didn't have it at my pad. <laughs> but we ran over there, and I was in. Uh, I had I had both those records, and when he came out, I was like, "Oh my, Michael!" <laughs> Holding the fucking records up and shit, right, right, all right. crazy. And 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 what's crazy? I looked around, and all I seen were people holding up were CDs, posters. No one had vinyl. I was the only one that had vinyl there. It was, I was like, what the fuck? No one here has right, a Michael right. Jackson record. Are you fucking kidding me? Right, right. So I was holding the vinyl up and he, he comes up to us. He's all, oh, hey. <laughs> you know, he wouldn't get that close right. to us. He was like a few feet away. He's like, that guy right there. He told his bodyguard. So wow. his bodyguard grabbed the vinyl and he fucking signed him for me, Doug. Fuck, that's dope. That's dope, man. You know what? I'm going to ask you a tough question right now, okay? Before we get into your album. All right. If you had to choose to listen to one artist over the other, oh. Michael Jackson or Prince? Prince. Same here. Prince. You know, it, and it almost Princess. sounds almost disrespectful because we love both uh, of them. It's not disrespectful. It's just that Prince is a fucking genius, dog. Yeah. And if you listen to his music, you know he played every fucking instrument on that album. Yeah. You, you know, it's you know, edgier. He didn't give a fuck. You know, he was fucking someone when he made that shit. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. He fucked every chick that he was in a video with. Why not? That that dude was the fucking, he was a player. Hey, hey, check this out. Okay. <laughs> I was watching Purple Rain, I want to say late last year. Okay? Uh, I was watching Purple Rain and my son walks in. At this time, I think he is about 27. Uh, uh, my son, as a matter of fact, his birthday's tomorrow. He's going to be 29. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Happy Biscanlis. early birthday. So, happy ha early birthday. Yes, sir. Happy early birthday to my son, Biscanlis. Hmm. So now, I'm watching Purple Rain, and, you know, I'm like taking that shit because I fucking love that movie. That guy's all right. He just starts criticizing him. And I, stood, I just stood quiet. Who? Sure. Uh, my son is criticizing the movie. He's criticizing Prince. And I'm over here cringing because I want to whip his ass because <laughs> I love Prince, okay? 
So I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I said, Mijo, how old are you? 27. I go, do you know how old he was when he did that? He was like, no, 25. Think about that. Nobody ever really thinks about that. He was 25 years old when he did the Purple Rain. 25. That's when I went, uh, me and my boy, Angel, much love, much respect to him. We actually spent the night at Music Plus so that we can buy tickets the next morning to go see him at the Long Beach Arena. What year? Uh, I want his fuck. Whatever year Purple Rain came out. Oh, you seen him at that? Yeah, right oh, there. Oh, dude, that's yeah. in his prime. Yeah, dude, dude, put it I've seen Prince in Bakersfield. That's why I'm asking you what year. No shit. Yeah. Dude, dude, he did uh, Do Me Baby. He's on the piano. This guy's wearing boots, a, a fucking a thong, and a oh, trench coat. Fuck. That okay. I... And now let me tell you something. <sighs> hey, you know what's crazy? Girls are going fucking nuts. Girls are going nuts. I don't give a fuck now, how I'm, nuts they would get. I wouldn't wear that. Yeah, shit. I wouldn't wear that shit either. <laughs> but Prince is the only guy that I, I guess we can uh, agree that he can pull it off. He He's the off. only guy that can yell. Yeah. And pull it off, mm -hmm. and we can say that motherfucker was dope. Yeah. You know, I may mean, rest in peace. But, yep. rest so in now, peace. tell us a little bit about your album as we're wrapping it up, because I love that record, bro. Where can people what, just share a little bit about that record, bro? Well, first off. This one right here is for you. Thank you, man. That's your copy. Fuck. Hard copy. Hard Fuck. copy. Those of you that have hidden me up, been hitting me up for hard copies, I have them. Fuck. Okay. And we're, I'm gonna. I'm planning on pressing it on vinyl soon too. Okay. Yeah. You know what? That was a question somebody asked me. Ask him if the single, uh, a scandal, scandal. If uh, you're gonna press that up on single, well, or at least on vinyl. I was thinking about doing scandal on 45 because. 45 is like a collector's item right yeah. now. People are like mad crazy about the 45s. Yeah, and it's so, mostly all Chicanos right now. Exactly. So so yeah. I was thinking about doing a Scandal on, on 45 and then the, the whole EP, LP. Okay. The whole LP. Okay. This shit right here, put it this way. This shit is so rare today that you don't even want to open it. <laughs> you know, you don't even want to open it, you know, so. And not only that, look at the cover, dog. Like I, the dude that, that designed it, he he's from the uk and and i i told him i need some shit that's gonna look good on vinyl sure, i told him what i wanted for it and uh he danlish his name is danlish and he killed that shit dog he he did exactly what represented me oh what you were even thinking possibly. what i was thinking yeah i told him what i kind of what i wanted and he threw me in front of a keyboard on some <laughs> flying machines crazy shit but that's the type those are the type of covers back in the day that we pick up parliament covers and you know, shit like that. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, oh, this is dope. Like, little comic-looking shit. So that's right. what he did. Uh, make sure you get at him now. Now, where can they get this if they wanted hard copies? You can get at me on my Instagram. Get okay. at me on my Instagram. Yeah, the Instagram has been has been popping up. So, uh, John, can you, can you put up that album one yeah, more time, please. please? Please put that up because I'm not going to remember it right now. Right. So he'll, he'll put it up. Uh, his Instagram went up. Can you put up the album cover? Oh, yeah, there you go. That shit is hard right there. So everybody can check out the album cover. Hey, oh, you, know, you blocked his face out, dog. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to say something about Johnny Boy. This dude right here, he is like um, the Torrance St Steven Spielberg. The Torrance Steve Jobs. I like to brag about him. I like to brag about other people other than me. But John motherfucking Elkins is the she is now. John Elkins. He said I'm buzzed. You hear that? You know what? I, I need. I want to see that documentary, Doug. Yes. Okay. We'll, we'll okay. The album. You. Let's get into the album before go ahead. I forget and start. We got about up. probably about a thousand people still watching right now, so we're good. So go ahead. All right. Cool. Cool. So the album, 
like I said, let me get back to where I was at with Wicked and all mm -hmm. and, and Throwback Sundays. I started uh, uh, working on the album and uh, playing all my live instruments, doing what I had to do. And I, I, I want to say, it, I can't really say it took, what was it, 2008 till now? 2010, because we filmed in 2010. It wasn't really 10 years of work that I put into that album. Okay. It was scattered work because I produced for other artists. I produced others. As a matter of fact, let me give a shout to my boy, Mr. Criminal. Okay. I did a lot of his work during the time that I was working on that album. So I would work on his album and, and the chemistry that me and him had was so fucking crazy, dog, that it would inspire me to do shit on my, I, I could do some shit on my album. Let me do some, he would leave. And once he would leave, I'd start working on my shit like right away. Mm. And um, it was me working on other people's shit, working here, working there. And then I'd jump back to my album whenever I possibly could during all those years. The last two years, I want to say I got super crazy on, on production on my album, playing guitars, getting ideas, making sure that the track was going to be what it should be. And then, and then, um, there's, I want to say there's, I composed about a good 50 songs. Wow. And I, those are the songs that I picked to be on the album out of those 50 songs. Out of those 50 songs. Yeah. And it's called OG Dominator, Time Traveler. Talk to us about the title. Time Traveler. I was trying to think of, uh, I didn't know what the hell to call this album, dog. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck am I going to call it? Right. It needs to be something just something i think some of one of my homies gave me that idea he's like you're a time traveler dog he said something like that to me and i can't even recall what homie it was that told me that and i was like fuck that's the name of my album dude i'm not gonna say anything because he's gonna want money for that shit right 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 right, right. So, uh, i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna i'm not gonna tell him that that's what i'm thinking in my brain okay not any penny droppers on here um that shit is more like shit that's gonna make you move and want to dance okay I'm gonna that do. I'm gonna follow it up with another funk album that's gonna have some. But when you say panty droppers, you mean slow joints? Well, panty droppers. Something is gonna make the women drop their chonies, like once <sighs> they hear your shit. Uh, I, I guess it'll get them dancing, and it eventually. I want to say if you want me back, because a lot of girls have been like sending me posts with them singing it. That's okay. that's one of the ones, and scandal too, and uh, the other one, uh, fast and crazy. Okay. Girls send me posts with them singing that song and dancing to it and shit and fucking all crazy all the time, dog. All the time. That's dope. That's dope. So okay. though I would say those are the panty drop. But the next album, I have a few ideas in mind. Okay. I have artists that I'm working on with this uh, with with for the next album. Okay, I'll tell you what. Uh, let me throw some ideas. Try to do either a let's work or a head. Uh, spinoff from prince have you have you have you heard the whole album yeah i did i did did you hear come see that's that's a good one <laughs> did now, you hear come all the way to the no, end? no i didn't i didn't dog please listen to it all the way to the end and tell me what you think of it okay okay it, gonna... it breaks down into three different segments it's a long fucking song maybe that's why you didn't hear it okay a lot of people are short attention span with music nowadays no dog, i'm if going you to listen to it all the way to the end and tell me what the fuck you think about that shit. Okay, come. So I'm going to listen to that mm -hmm. one. Now, if you ever get a chance, look up the test pressing, or should I say the long version of Little Red Corvette by Prince. At the very, very end, he just totally switches it up, and it becomes a totally different other song. 
when you get a chance, if you haven't heard it, possibly it might be up on YouTube. Little Red Corvette at the very end is the long version. It just changes completely. It, it's not even Little Red Corvette anymore. It's like a whole new song. And it's a fucking dope-ass fucking song, bro. So that's an idea I want to pitch to you. So get it before some of these... I love ideas, dog. Yeah. So I, some of these... I take them and trust me, I run with them. Dope, dope. Okay, brother. Well, listen, any shout-outs, anything you want to say, anything anybody want to mention? List. You know what? I got a list of people that I've worked with. Go ahead. Go ahead. And my memory is fucking shot like a motherfucker. It's okay. I borrowed you another shot just to help you. Oh, yeah. You, you could just sip on it. You don't have to... Uh, let me take a little... Take let a me little do a little, let me little thingy thingy. All right, so the, the thing about me is that I'm not really one to flex. Like this? Like, like, like that. But I'm going to flex a little bit. I want to tell, do a list about the people that I've done some work with or been involved in something. Okay. Little Uno, Little Rob, Shadow, Baby Bash, Frank V of Proper Dos, Mary Davis of SOS Band, Michael Cooper of Confunction, Brentonwood, Elon, the Rock and Roll Gangster. Magic Girl, Carolyn, Rodriguez, Click Out One, Don Cisco, Corrupt, Lucky Luciano, Snow the Product, Jenny Rivera, Nino Brown, Kid Frost, Mr. Criminal, My Dog, Brown Boy, Lala Romero, Cali Lifestyle, Lordside Gangster, Guete Yesca, David Salas, Gina Rodriguez. That's a little list that I came up with of people that I've done a little bit of work with in the vocal booth or done. Oh. And I wanted to put that list out there because, like I said, I'm not really one to flex on shit like that because I'm, I'm not a bragger, dog. But oh, hey, you know what? As a matter of fact, what the yes guy was one of the guys also that was bragging about you, man. Bragging. Yeah, as a matter of fact, today he been messaging me. He's gonna be some dope shit, and I was like, dope, dope. He actually reposted your shit. Now, uh, I'm gonna put him on blast a little bit, okay? This person right now that I'm about to mention, I have been reaching out to Mr. Criminal. And we actually finally been texting, but he says he's super busy. He's I believe lying. him. He's not lying to you. Okay. okay. I believe him. I need you to help me get him on here because the fans want him. Okay. So I got his number. He's got my number. And he said, yeah, I've been really busy. And I said, okay, whenever you're ready, you get at me. That's it. Uh, my motto here, I don't ask anybody a second time. I don't. And I don't mean that to be a fucking asshole. It's because I have Rodian Radio Gmail of over 200 songs that I still have to listen to of people that submit their songs. But I try to go after the people that people are constantly requesting, like right. yourself, you know? So if you can do that, so Mr. Criminal, the fans want to see you. So let's get you on here and let's get that out the way. Hell yeah. So other than that, um, I also want to give a shout out to my mom and dad for supporting my career and, and, play my music my sister my nephew my niece they play my music they play the fuck out of it matter of fact I, I was at every time i go on my dad's barbecue and on sundays he's playing something dog and he'll play like random shit like i have this song called female dogs i have this song called throw up and he he'll he bumps that shit dog like he bumps it hard i love my parents and they're they're my biggest supporters so so okay um, I'm going to give my shout-outs now. First of all, even though they're no longer here, I'm going to give a shout-out to my mother and my father. My father was a musician, even though he never played an instrument, and I think you'll understand what I mean by that. Uh, my father supported me, but my number one supporter as well was my mother, who was no longer here. And 
even though they're no longer here, man, I will say this, that oftentimes, and I'm a grown-ass man, uh, I really miss them so much that uh, many times I catch myself lonely because I don't have a mother and a father to go visit. So believe me, if you guys still have your mother and your father, go visit them. Go talk to them, cook with them, hang out with them, take them out because we never know when we may lose them. Okay, so other than that, uh, let me go ahead and once again hit up OG Dominator on his website, on, what should I say, on his Instagram. Uh, hit them up for the hard copies, and I'm sure it's probably available on all platforms. Yeah. Okay, on yeah, all platforms. All digital. All digital platforms. And I also want to give a shout out to my boy, Doc Nasty, on his album, Revelations 23. Hit him up on IG. If I'm correct, it's Doc Nasty, correct? Doc Nasty. It's D-O-C-N-A-S-D-E-E. -E. If you didn't catch that, go ahead and rewind that. You say D-O-C? Yeah, D-O-C, <laughs> Doc Nasty. Uh, Revelation 23, I, I don't put shit on here that's whack, honestly. I'll be honest with you, but I will support this. This is my MC right here. Uh, whenever I go DJ, this is my MC. Um, so once again, we've been on each other since the 80s. Support him, follow him, uh, look him up on all digital media platforms. Once again, the Rodeo Mixtapes, um, you can go ahead and get them on doc documixer.com. You can buy the four-pack, which I'm running out of, or you can get all... Three of them, which is high C, 24-7, and 86 in the mix, because I'm running out of 88 booming bass. And I don't think I'm going to be reprinting them again. So go ahead and do that. Then uh, my personal shout-outs go to my boy, John motherfucking Elkins, uh, the Steve Jobs, uh, Torrance. Um, so go ahead and uh, follow him, John motherfucking Elkins on IG or JE Visuals. My boy, D to the motherfucking G, uh, DG Media Clips. Follow him on Instagram as well. Awesome pictures. Uh, he also helped us. Uh, actually, he was a part of my team. He is my team on the Rodeo Mixtape Documentary. So go ahead and submit all your videos to documentary.com. If you've seen this uh, um, uh, doc documentary, make sure you send us a video 20 to 30 to seconds. Okay, so other than that, send it to us at rodeoradio at gmail.com. And we're going to post it up possibly next week as soon as we get enough. We got a lot. We just need to edit them. Other than that, I don't know um, anything else you want to say, man. You want to give a shout out to your boys over here. Next time, uh, next time you see me, I'll be with my boy Rebel. Rebel, yes. Rebel, Triple C, Central Coast Click. Yes, and um, one last thing. Okay, Rodan Radio. By this time next year, we're going to be the number one podcast on the West Coast. Remember this, Tony. I, I, I just want to say I appreciate you bringing me out here, Doug. Thank you, brother. I, I appreciate that. Are you only saying that because I have the hammer? No, no. Okay. No, that's... Uh Once again, I didn't ask to be Mexican. I just got lucky. <laughs> okay. Yo, stay blessed. See you guys Wednesday. I'm going to have the Godfather of Long Beach here Wednesday. You're not going to want to miss Damn, it. Damn, the Godfather. Yes, sir. And we out. Take us away, Johnny boy.